Welcome to Actually Best Choice Movies, the world's only movie podcast. Uh, I am one of your hosts. My name is Chris Chapin. Hello, I am your friend, Caleb Shively. Oh, that's so nice. When did you become friends with everyone? That's Oh, uh, Thursday? I still have this kind of formal host relationship, and you're just their friend, which sounds much better. Uh, I mean, it's not better. You have to like drive them to the airport and pick them up from the airport. That does. I airport been, driving. I've been meaning to tell you, Caleb. I have to go to the airport soon. Do you want to? Are you able? Are you? And the flight Damn, is very bro. early. It's five in the morning. Is that fine? Sure, 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 sure. Okay, great. So bags? every. <laughs> Okay. Thank you, Caleb. That was binding because we were recording it. So like you are stuck now. Every two weeks on Actually Best Choice Movies, we tell you about two movies. Uh, one of them is old. One of them is new. But they're related in some way, Caleb, like uh, big emotions and singing, would you say? Oh, word. Because this week uh, we're doing a genre we never cover. And, and so the connection is that they're both of this genre of musicals. Uh, it's Makes sense we don't do uh, musicals because uh, me and Chris have never really talked about musicals. I mean, I have opinions about musicals, I guess, because it's a film and I like film. But, you know, it's cool to do a musical. I'm excited to do a a, a, a musical a musical episode a non-musical episode about musicals Caleb you know I Caleb you know I made a musical when I was in college that was my like graduate thesis for my like film school thing yeah I made Damn. a musical yeah it's about uh, somebody who falls in love with a public radio announcer <laughs> that's cool yeah heavily you, inspired you, by you, by dancer in the dark uh, did you direct it of course yes directed it wrote all the songs with a friend of mine and and wrote the oh, nice. songwriter credits too wow amazing stuff. did you yeah. uh do you still have uh, copies of it we I could think uh, i have a copy of next it. episode i think i have a copy of it somewhere i'm so embarrassed of it i literally can't believe i'm not i'm talking about it because i'm so embarrassed of it um but i, mean, I think it was, it's, it's probably fine it's probably fine um but yeah this is this this week we're talking about um, <laughs> In the Heights from Just Came Out 2021 and also uh, The Umbrellas of Sherberg, which isn't like necessarily the best pairing. That's on me. I just thought of when we were talking about doing In the Heights and I was like, oh, well, what's a, the most influential urban musical of the past hundred years? And I was like, well, obviously The Umbrellas of Sherberg, which is obviously not the urban musical that the, In the Heights owes the most to, right? Like that would be... Uh, no. West Side Story, and, probably, right? You know, I mean, there is, they're both musicals, so it works. Like, uh, it, it's fine. I mean, it's Umbrella Schubert is not adapted from a play or anything, but it's a cool movie that we'll talk about and yeah. we'll notice, tell you about things that we notice that do connect. Different kinds of them, different types of things you can do with musical films. Yeah, musicals a genre. It probably gets some flack uh, from like cool action bros like us, but musicals are great. Musicals are. We'll talk great. about it. We'll talk in about a it. Second. This yeah. week on actually best choice <laughs> Moobies. Moobies. Smoobies. <laughs> Before we get to any of that, um, we're just gonna kind of talk about musicals for a little bit. It's a huge genre of film we never really talk about, right? Yeah, it's because we didn't grow up in the sixties or uh, the golden age of Hollywood. We grew up in uh uh, the 80s and 90s and the uh, newsies sucked. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I mean, there's some good. I mean, I like Little Shop of Horrors. But for musicals in, in general, like uh, uh, I watch old film. I watch TCM a lot. So musicals are always on. Yeah, I love that musicals are not subtle. <laughs> That's a cool <laughs> thing to do. Like uh, I always like to like I pay attention to movies. But with musicals, I, I don't pay attention as hard because I don't care about the plot. I care about more like, oh, this is fun. And this is a musical. And since it's not so subtle and it's music playing all the time it has this surrealness to it of just like people looking at the camera or like the way the a director frames things uh just to have a person sing at the audience <laughs> and that's and there i think musicals are better when they lean into more of an unbelievability uh i don't know i like seven bribes for seven brothers is probably my favorite musical music man's great uh these are adaptations but yeah i i check out musicals when i can i don't uh talk about it enough because i guess I don't know. No one talks to me about musicals. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I like musicals. I used to watch them a lot when I was a little kid, like you are saying. I was getting made fun of on my other show, uh, 
30 years later, check it out. Um, I was getting made fun of for watching those old like Errol Flynn movies, like the uh, pirate movies and Robin Hood movies. Oh, sure. Like they couldn't, like they literally could not believe I had possibly spent any time of my life watching movies like that. <laughs> but like I did. And also I watched like the on the road movies, which are like musicals, right? With Bob Hope and oh, sure, Crosby. Sure. Those are great. Um, all through high school, I actually like <laughs> performed in musicals at my high school, like many times, like four or five times. Oh, Sometimes awesome. with a leading role, Caleb. Because <laughs> uh, you yeah. were tall and therefore projected well. I could memorize the lines, I think, mainly was the <laughs> thing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I and of course I made one. I mean, the musicals, you know, obviously Dancer in the Dark came out when I was 20 or something. So that's Which is like great. It's more of like a, yeah. Uh, to me. Yeah. There's, I mean, this film actually, Umbrellas of Sherberg, was one I saw around that same time and was very influential to me as well. It, it's such a bold statement. I think especially in the early 2000s, for some reason, this movie was going around as being like very influential. Like Damien Giselle supposedly, you know, says La La Land is very inspired by it. Oh, so, you could 100% see it, yeah. Yeah, 100%, right? I mean, it's basically... You know, it's drawing very heavily from this film, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we don't talk about musicals very much. I mean, obviously, I've, you know, seen a lot of them. I, I saw Moulin Rouge in the theater. That was great. But, like, oh, sure, yeah, sure. it's kind of a genre. Well, and this is one of the things I'll maybe talk about when we talk about In the Heights, which is there's been something that's happened to it over the last 10 years, I feel like, where musicals have become, like, four teens, and I think it has something to do with Glee being with so popular musical. with teens and high school musical. High school musical. But like, well, these are the kids who grew up on Disney movies, too, which those are musicals. Uh, they are like animated films, too, which is, uh, I wouldn't say they're beautifully animated films, but th- th- for all per- intents and purposes, they are musicals, too. Yeah, but I mean, you're totally right. And it's just, but it's something like, whereas a lot of the things we're talking about, I mean, this film, obviously, it's kind of for teenagers, but not really. The Umbrellas of Sherberg, I mean. And lots of musicals are, yeah, you know, while they're teens. enjoyed by teens, aren't necessarily pitched at teens. I think in the same way that a lot, almost all musicals are now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like this movie, uh, In the Heights, I thought was kind of like for teens, you know. I, yeah, well, In the Heights, is, uh, I think, was like had this big throwback show-stopping energy that, I don't know, it's for for moms, too. It's for moms and teens. <laughs> It's for people who like going to the movies who don't really go to the movies that often. <laughs> I mean, I do like La La Land. Uh, that's a recent musical. I mean, Hedwig and the Angry Inch is a, a, a was a great movie. Well, yeah, that was very, very yes, that was huge when I was in college as well, right? Like, yeah, John Cameron Mitchell's awesome. still killing it. Well, he's going to be the fucking Tiger King now, Tiger right? King, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, but musicals do suck. Like, I, I don't like A Star is Born. I mean, they do take some liberties of just being uh rote and cliche which is fine i guess but i don't know a star is born is not that great and the rent remix i mean i know theater kids hate the rent the rent remix the remake or the adaptation of rent uh like there was that phantom when i was in uh high school i think i was in high school that they did with uh Emmy Rossum that i don't know do people like that i don't know i don't know how people like musicals i know how i like musicals and that's like when like art is in the music itself like i said I like hedwig van andrew inch and uh throwback ones i like i said I like music man and american in paris like those are just music is like more than the story like the story's there but like the it's being completely elevated by uh the music itself uh yeah i don't know uh i thought rocket man recently was if, if you count that as a musical is kind of ridiculously weird. Yeah, you liked and I just Rocket like the Man, right? About... Didn't you liked Rocket Man. Yeah, it's a. Uh, I don't. I guess it's a musical, but uh, it just, just uh, not a straightforward biopic, which I always enjoy. But yeah, you're right. There are some like I don't even know. I guess do, the, do kids count Pitch Perfect as? Is that a, do we count that as a musical? Pitch is Perfect. The I think those category... are. But see, this is what I'm talking about too. I think those are musicals, and that is the type of musical that gets made now. Is like right yeah. this thing, and I mean, obviously they're making the Dear Evan Hansen is coming out this year. That's going to be oh, like right. a, yeah, yeah, yeah. that was huge with teens. That there's kind of an open question mark about how this is going to go because the guy is so old now, <laughs> the star. He's ten movie. years older than he was in high school. Oh my god, he looks movie, so yeah. ridiculous. And the worst is they do make the big mistake of putting him in the same scene with real teens, and so he just looks. So old, like he is a young person, like he's only like twenty five or something. Yeah, this is a j- the joke in Pen Fifteen, and now it, it's they're doing this without trying to make a joke. <laughs> doing it right, yeah, <laughs> yeah. 
it's really unfortunate it's really unfortunate <laughs> um uh but yeah uh, i i always say the greatest movie ever made i don't know if uh it's my favorite movie but it's ever it's undeniably significant movie is uh the wizard of oz like just in terms yeah. of film and how people uh when people watch it and how people like it and what it did for film when it came out too and that's a musical <laughs> Well, yeah, I mean, that's, but that's something that it's elevates crazy. like, yeah, because the more you talk like, about it, the more you realize that, and this is the thing too, we're going to see with these two movies, which we'll begin talking about soon is it becomes the more you talk about it, the more it just sounds like you're describing movies because there's so yeah. many different ways you can do yeah. musicals it's insane, yeah. and you can do them in so many different styles and communicate so many different kinds of things. And it's, they're completely all over the map and things that you forget are musicals, right? Like, yes, the wizard of Oz is a musical completely crazy. Yeah. It's kind of amazing. Yeah. There's songs in Willy Wonka. Uh, Obvious, yeah, right? Yes, the songs, of course, of course. Um, Mary Poppins is one of my favorite Mary movies. Mary Poppins, yeah, exactly. Musical. These are some of the most classic <laughs> films of all But time. I didn't like the new one, uh, and maybe I didn't like it because uh, they overstuffed it and kind of didn't do any memorable songs. And that's the fault of our transition right now of Lin-Manuel Miranda, if I could transition. But... I'm not going to hate on the Manuel Miranda, but we might do it on we might. this week's episode. We just might <laughs> do it, Caleb. Um, the first movie we're talking about this week is In the Heights. They used to say, you work hard, you live by the rules, the money will come, the things will come. You ready? I've been saving up all my pennies in my piggy bank for this day. Today's all we got, so we cannot stop. This is our block. In the Heights, I in the heights is the new movie version of lin-manuel miranda's breakthrough broadway musical the thing that while it maybe wasn't a super super smash hit in and of itself set him up to go on to make hamilton a few years later um this movie version of it is directed by the same director of crazy rich asians it's john m chu and it stars anthony ramos Corey hawkins leslie grace and melissa barrera um so the musical play it first went into previews like all the way back in 2005 and if you're like super super into the stage version you'll notice a million changes from the stage version to the movie that, that are that aren't just to make it into a good movie but also to update it because it's like 15 16 years old 17 years old a lot of this stuff so on top of cutting and reshuffling songs adding a frame story and changing some of the characters actually there's inserted stuff like making some characters more politically aware turning someone into an undocumented character and like establishing these two characters as being in a gay relationship but like it's kind of very very quickly established um there's also some deletions which most notably the original um lyrics of one of the songs uh, had a passingly positive reference to Donald Trump, which is no longer in no longer in the lyrics. You'll not be surprised to hear. Um, so the plot of In the Heights is it's set in the upper Manhattan neighborhood of Washington Heights. Uh, it follows uh, Usnavi, who's the young owner of a small bodega, and he dreams of saving enough money to go back to his father's old bar on the beach in the Dominican Republic. He's in love with Vanessa, who works at the neighborhood hair salon, but wants to move downtown to work as a fashion designer, which is also another addition to, for the movie. Uh, Usnavi's best friend is Benny. He works for Kevin Rosario, who runs the local car service company, and, is, and Benny's in love with Kevin's daughter, Nina, who's back for the summer from Sanford. Uh, and, you know, so over the course of two and a half hours, which is, I, by the way, I was shocked to see that was the running time. Um, there's twists and turns and huge set pieces and high wattage smiles and crazy abs on literally every actor in this movie. Um, and so many high energy song and dance numbers that they just turn into a wave. And whether that you float on that or whether it suffocates you and you drown i think maybe varies uh caleb what did you think about this movie uh i turned it on uh i thoroughly enjoyed it i didn't talk to it i was in rapture of it but you know i didn't have any like physical like smiles or laughter or anything i just sat there and watched it and let it like overtake me knowing full well that like oh i i was saying to myself i enjoy this this is fine uh, it is just like a big movie. I kind of wish I saw it in theaters, but also I'm okay with not seeing it in theaters. It's uh, streaming yeah. on HBO Max, same day release. Didn't have as good as numbers as Mortal Kombat. Um, 
But is that you true? Know, is I that like, true? It didn't have yeah, numbers as Mortal Kombat. It did not. <laughs> I did notice uh, it was had one of those things where all the celebrities were like putting it on their Instagrams. Like obviously somebody had reached out to a bunch of people to ask them to post about it. Oh you yeah. Know? I mean the reviews of it are stellar. Like uh, a lot of the people who uh, I, I, I like, and I, I do appreciate a lot of uh, outlets letting the uh, uh, Latin reviewer uh, take right uh, write it, which is like. Of course, it means more to them. And of course, like they're going to notice things better than that. And also, like it's cool that uh, there is a big budget, kind of cheesy, sunny musical star uh, uh, on all Latin cast. Well, right. Which this there is, the is an asterisk say. there. Yeah. Well, this is <laughs> of, the thing I didn't uh, say is like it's, so it's mostly about people from the Dominican Republic, people from Puerto Rico, Cuban people, Washington Heights, the Caribbean, right? They, you know, Latino, Latinx people from the Caribbean living in Washington Heights, which was the makeup of Washington Heights, especially, I think, at the time he would have been writing this. Um, but, right, as you're saying, there's an asterisk, like, Lynn actually came out and, like, made an apology for this, that there weren't as, enough Afro-Caribbean people in the cast. I mean, there are zero yeah, Afro-Caribbean people. They, 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 uh, one, Corey Hawkins, the Benny character. Is he spoke, but is he Caribbean? I don't know if he's Caribbean. I thought he had a Jamaican flag. Maybe he does. He doesn't. Yeah. I would say he's not noticeably Caribbean. He's more just seems like a black yeah. American man. Yeah. Yeah. But Corey Hawkins famous for playing Dr. Dre. Corey Hawkins playing Dr. Dre, the most influential rapper, now playing a big over the top singing and dance man. It's kind of great. I fucking love Corey Hawkins. It's <laughs> the range. Who has the range? Yeah, it is great. Insane range. Corey Hawkins. I always say he's a great actor. I'm always excited to see him. <laughs> yeah, but so Caleb, I don't know. I just had this thing like I wanted to enjoy this movie. I really did. I mean, technic I we don't watch musicals very often. Catherine hates musicals, but it was just at a it's just such a musical, dude. Do you know what I mean? It's such a, such musical, a yeah. musical. Like there's just like um, so many big numbers. There's everybody and everybody's dancing. Everybody on the street is dancing. Everybody at the pool is dancing, you know. You're waiting for the next one to come. Here comes some dialogue. Here comes some story that I'm going to forget just because they're going to intertwine to the song. Just a couple um, of lines, basically. And then it's yeah. like, what do you said? It's too hot. Okay. And then there's just another dance about it being too hot, you know. Well, was this what does make this movie special and stand out is uh, its writing and uh, its Lin Manuel Miranda and uh, like a lot of other other things have this uh, a Caribbean hip hop fusion way like the dialogue is very very fun and fast and they get a log out and they have a lot of just to put information out and it could be funny and it could be a lot emotional and it's done better in Hamilton. <laughs> Uh, right. Which uh, I only saw the Disney Plus one, but it is like fun to see that uh, Miranda speak in another. Like I've only seen Hamilton; I don't know anything else he's done besides now in the Heights. That's the only thing I've seen, and it is cool to see. Like, oh, here's how that can apply to more of a broad strokes way. Uh, and then even just thinking of it, like uh, as this is uh, the musical that came first, like you said, uh, this was his uh, Reservoir Dogs, and Hamilton is his pulp fiction. Yeah, for <laughs> sure. hundred like, percent. He yeah. got to do, uh, like, I mean, people like, like, like Reservoir Dogs is great. It's a phenomenal movie. Some people like that better. And probably a lot of people like in the Heights more than Hamilton. Cause it's not as, uh, a history lesson, which is fine. People don't can like, uh, over the top musicals. I said, I liked the music, uh, the music man, but you know, uh, it's a, it's a big, bright movie that has some yeah. dancing, uh, it's over the top. It's a Hollywood musical. It's very Hollywood. Very, too, which, very. And it's like very yeah. modern. I mean, I kept thinking it reminded me of like a soda commercial or something. Like it looks a lot yeah. like a really nice Coke commercial, like a, like a Super Bowl halftime show Coke commercial. Sure. You know? I, 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 I would agree with that. Um, yeah. Uh, I would say, though, it is pretty well directed. Uh, like it's about a lot of things. A lot of things are happening, but it never felt overstuffed or off topic even too. Like it always felt focused. And uh, I don't hate John M. Chu as director. I thought I wouldn't like Crazy Rich Asians, but I was like, oh, this is a palpable movie that I'm watching. <laughs> I, did okay. not see, I did not see it. Uh, and then in the Heights, I was like, same thing. Like this is, he knows how to do big set pieces and basically make a narrative music video better than uh, that can be fleshed out and yeah you know I mean, there should be directors out there who could just uh give the people what they want because you know i'm not speaking for everybody all the time <laughs> yeah yeah i mean like you're saying it's like a big like candy colored you know like sunshine colors, movie of the summer sunshine yeah. like i said i mean i was talking about people's abs but like legit everybody's abs in this movie is are wild like 
it's i mean did you <laughs> must have fucking noticed that it was crazy um uh and, and their singing voices were wild and their singing voice but it's just very much like yeah it's like a it's like a soda commercial it's like some it's just like a big bright musical and i mean lynn like lynn wrote this and he starred in it originally but he didn't direct the broadway show ever and he doesn't direct this movie and you know he is he has a small part in in the in it but it's like it's almost like if you look at say like tick tick boom which is i haven't seen i never saw the play or whatever but he's this is lynn is directing this movie version of a tick tick boom starring andrew garfield um and it's like that looks interesting that looks like a movie that is like filmed and acted in a way that I I would find to be interesting. And I think he's as a director and as an artist growing, but it's like we're looking back at this, right, his thing is Reservoir Dogs, but it's like directed by somebody else who's, you know, just trying to make it into something that would be popular and, you know, it's it's very, I don't know, it's, it's personal. After a while, I was like, this is definitely not for me. I'm not going to say that it's bad, but it wasn't, it's not, like, I, I think yeah. it's for people between... 13 and 26 you know and this is what we were saying like why we really don't really talk about musicals right? because like it's yeah it's just not for me sometimes there is a musicals for us maybe n- hardly ever like all this tick tick boom so i think of... maybe will be a musical for us you know yeah, may- maybe yeah uh but maybe not uh, <laughs> also maybe, maybe not. i did see that uh bradley whitford is it and he uh had a hell of a run on Handmaidens Tell this year. I just let me just say. I Are just you still watching that show? Oh my gosh, the four seasons, the probably the best season, and it Can't actually pays it. off at a very like. Yeah, I mean, you're not watching it, so you don't know. You you pieced out, so they actually like get. I mean, I read the book. Uh, you know, I. I mean, they blew past the book after the first well, season, I'm so sure there's three more did. seasons of this. Sure, they did. Yeah, so there's three more seasons of this, and it goes finally pays off. Where like, oh, cool, good things are happening now, and it's awesome, and kind of like, holy shit, this is awesome and also things are fucked up in a brand new uh, exciting way that's great <laughs> it's and it's people's champ elizabeth moss doing the best acting uh in, probably up there with tony soprano as as far as acting goes on television show it's had me still is 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 uh is a show man it's a fucking great show caleb i love you and i respect your opinion but i I cannot imagine any of that is correct. <laughs> uh, I mean, read read most reviews of I it to help out there possibly and all agree with me. That would be correct. I mean, um, you're in the minority of uh, okay. thinking this, so okay. sure, okay. I can't believe I can't believe you are correct in thinking it's not a good show. Okay. I mean, it just seems like how how could it be? Um, I mean, you're you're not giving a reason. You're saying how could it be? And I give you several see, reasons. It's, it's a kind of self-flagellation, liberal like torture fantasy that I don't particularly want to engage in, especially when the source material. So you're just saying good, I don't want to engage in it. So it's. Not I think good. the source material is good, but it's like don't I? I mean, I'm in general not in favor of hundred-page books being made into like twenty-seven hundred hours of television. Like I just think that's ridiculous okay <laughs> you know so your so things shouldn't be a de- be made into things and that's why it's a bad show so things shouldn't be made in that is my position things should not so be not made actually into anything things. about the show is bad right a show that you don't watch right i'm only alive gotcha. for so long caleb i cannot watch everything to verify my opinions. i've heard you say this several times yeah <laughs> it's true um wait I mean, but okay, wait. What was I gonna say? What was I gonna say? We're talking about uh, Bradley Whitford, who was in Tick, Tick, Boom. Yeah. So, well, so just talking about this musical, like I'm just, I'm not. I feel like I'm not really putting it into words, but very close together, there are these two numbers. One of them is called Carnival del Barrio, and the other one is called Festival in the Heights, and they are both like extended musical numbers that take place. You know, it's like a, some kind of street party, and there's obviously plot things happening inside of them that are very different, but they're both maybe like eight minutes long segments that are maybe only separated by like 10 minutes maybe of, of other stuff happening. And I, and this is happening like towards the end of the movie. And I just found myself feeling like, God, there's a movie just never stops. (laughs) There's so many, like it's just one big street party after another big street party. Yeah. That over and over song is just like, a lot of handing off of the song too, or just like, okay, here's this person, how they're feeling. Which is all those songs do that. The uh, pool song, 96,000, just like, Hey, here's your turn now. And they, sometimes it's pretty cool. Like they do a lot of just like hip hop or like person just, I don't know. It's, it's a good way to like get through your characters. Cause there is a lot of characters, which is the bad thing. I think there's only maybe like some characters out of the play apparently for the movie too. Wow. 
I did. Uh, I will, if I had to give a special mention to one, it is uh, the Abuelita, uh, mm-hmm. Abuela, excuse yeah. me, uh, Olga Meredith, who was uh, Tony nominated originally, and she got to reprise the role here. Claudia, uh, Abuela Claudia. Uh, yeah, she's she has a, a little own, own song to do, uh, which doesn't happen in the movie, and she gets to hold a lot of the uh, emotion, emotional lifting for the characters. Uh, yeah, it's great. It's kind of, uh, you know where it's going, and but you know, they, they play it up very well. They know it's going, and that's where their song gets to play. Uh, yeah, and you know, that when I watched uh, The Umbrellas of Cherbourg, I was like, oh, this movie also has an old lady who's it's on funny, a right? stick bed. <laughs> it is funny. It's a cliche thing, yeah. And I guess so you mentioned Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. There's also old people on a sick bed in that. <laughs> and yeah, like, yeah. Um, I mean, I don't want to be a total hater, right? Like, I do. I did definitely find some parts of the movie to be emotionally affecting. Some of the, like, kind of smaller moments, maybe. Um, and, like, towards the end, there's a cool song between Uznavi and Vanessa that's, like, was emotional, I thought. And that some of the spectacle stuff is definitely cool, too. But it was just like... Where they dance from, on a building, yeah. When they dance on a... I, mean, I actually didn't like that very much, but like that was cool, I guess, theoretically. Yeah. There there's was sometimes where like... Go ahead, go ahead. I was just going to say there's a scene where they're dancing on a fire escape, but then all of a sudden it's like they're walking up the side of the building and dancing. But it's just very obviously like a visual effect and it doesn't... Like, who cares? <laughs> you know what I mean? And yeah. another thing I'll say about the movie, like it does look like it's in New York and the kind of New York that it's supposed to be set in. It would be very easy for this movie to be set in some kind of like dumb stage set kind of version of this. But I think I think oh, they sure. actually did a really good job of making it look like really look like New York. Oh, yeah. They, they really did film there, film on those intersections. And again, like a huge cast, a lot of extras in the background doing, I think, a lot of good choreography by Chris Jackson, who was in the original. Uh and it, it looks very proficient for the most part. There are some, like, especially in the pool scene where, like, they would just cut to an obvious green screen sometimes. Yes, yes. In uh, that pool scene, there was one yeah. guy who was, like, for one section of the thing was so obviously on a green screen. And you're like, why do they? It's not adding anything that they keep cutting to this guy. And he's obviously he's not, weird. like, he's not there. Like, why are you doing this? I guess because, I don't know, they, they filmed it at the actual pool, which is cool, but also, like, Get, get your coverage. <laughs> yeah, get your coverage. Don't do, do, do. But the thing was, like I was saying, it was I didn't feel like that shots of that guy were adding anything. I didn't know why they bothered oh, yeah, filming them yeah. and green screening them and putting them in the movie. Like I was even oh, like, is, I guess because he's singing now, you don't have to show him singing. You could do a close up of his face too <laughs> instead of this. Oh, I know it's so annoying. Um, it's annoying, but also there's such a big movie that just like it's these are small complaints at this point. Yeah, and also right. like me and Chris are jaded people who like dark things so this is not what that movie is and And i mean it's not a bad movie at all so i had i had olive in the room for the end of the movie and at first she wasn't sure what she thought but then by the end of it she was like smiling hugely hugely and then when it's over she knows how to um like sign language excuse me i'm gonna burp (laughs) and then and then when it's over, she knows how to do the sign that means more, which she does when she, like, you know, wants more of something. So as soon mm-hmm. as, like, the last second of the song cut out, she was like, uh, more, 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 more. <laughs> it was like... Damn, got to play it on Spotify. Kids love musicals. It's kids true. Love, they, kids do love musicals. Um, I will say, so this is kind of my general note for this movie, and then we can, like, move on. And I mean, of course, if sure, you sure. have more stuff to say, please. But um, I did just keep thinking the entire time I was watching In the Heights about... Uh, Rada Blanks, uh, the 40-year-old version. Oh, 40-year-old version, and yeah, totally. The specter that's hanging over that movie is basically Lin-Manuel Miranda, that, like, the stuff that he makes is the kind of stuff that these people like to give money to. So I just kept viewing it through that lens, you know? Sure, like, poverty This porn. is the thing that got him into all the rooms, you know, where he could get money, and that's how he's had the whole rest of his career. And there is just stuff in it that's, like, it's very like the societally approved version of how we want to look at this stuff, you know, a hundred, you know what I mean? And, if you know uh, what I mean, like it doesn't seem like, like real people necessarily. It seems like, I don't know what. Yeah. I mean, she did have the play that gets turned into about a bodega, uh, where, uh, it was being, uh, sold, sold off. Uh, yeah, yeah it's, uh, she kind of nailed it. And if we're doing a mini actually best choice, go see, 40-year-old version on Netflix. Version. Love it, love it. <laughs> Nobody talks about it but us and, like, one guy at New York Magazine. I got, uh, yeah, I think it got uh, Breakthrough Noms 
or like the first feature noms at uh, Independent Spirit, but didn't That's win. That's cool. Uh, yeah, but yeah. Uh, let's move on to another movie. Uh, it's another musical. Uh, maybe the other end of the spectrum of uh, movie film. Uh, it's called The Umbrellas of Cherbourg. Mon amour, je t'attendrai toute ma vie. Je ne Jean-Vive is a 17-year-old working in her mother's umbrella store. She is in love with a mechanic, Guy, who loves her back. It is beautiful, but Guy is drafted into the army, leaving her alone in Cherbourg. Heartbroken and surprisingly now pregnant, Genevieve waits approximately six months before giving into the advances of Roland Casaros, a man who she has met two to three times, hardly speaking with him the entire time. The courtship is made possible through Jean-Vive's mother, who herself is a pretty fun character and more interested in her daughter's stability. Uh, Guy comes back from the war a year or so later and seeing that the love of his life is no longer there and he goes through the motions and emotions of love once lost and he marries his aunt's caretaker as this makes sense for the plot. I am being obviously dismissive because this is all paved over through singing all the dialogue is sung to the absolutely exquisite music of Michel Legrand, a French rogue pop score that amazingly still holds up. Uh, it is shot and directed by the great Jacques Demy, uh, bringing some heft and aplomb to the French New Wave. Uh, everything works in this movie. And this is a musical with no big chorus or set pieces or non-diegetic dancing even. Uh, it is a musical skewed more toward a film, uh, a film with light moments, sure, but also real poignancy. Uh, Chris, would you care to sing our discussion? Oh, yes. Gee. Gee, je t'aime. Um, Gee, yeah, it's no. spelled guy. It's spelled guy, of course, in all the subtitles. Yeah, Gee. <laughs> um, yeah, so this is a massively, this is a massively influential movie. I mean, it's famous for lots of stuff, like for its use of color, for its kind of very simple mm-hmm. sets. It kind of has this kind of little shoebox look. I mean, like Wes Anderson's whole deal, right? Is just the way Holy. all these little rooms are designed and the way at the end of the movie, Gee has a little gas station and the way the little gas station looks, it looks just like a toy he had bought, you know? It's beautiful. It's just everything's very simple and it exists in this kind of storybook universe, right? Um, and it has a good, you know, it is has kind of color theory stuff in it where the colors mean things, cause I think. And so that's all very interesting as well. But at the end of the day, right, it's like, it's so pretty to look at. I mean, the actor who plays Guy, whose name I forget, I'm sorry, uh, I he's great Nicole, looking. Sorry. He looks like a million fucking dollars. He has a great big cleft <laughs> chin and he looks great. And then obviously Jean-Vievre is played by Catherine Deneuve. And that's like, she's at the absolute height of her Catherine Deneuve-ness in this. Like it's crazy, you know? And there are some shots that are just supposed to be, the only point of the shot is look how beautiful she is. Do you know what yeah. I mean? And, and she's like staring down the barrel and she's like, and it's like amazing, amazing stuff to see on film. You know, thank you to Jacques Demy for all of time. Jacques Demy could just put a camera on her face. She'll uh, switch her face, might have a little motion drain out of her. Makes the scene beautiful. Uh, yeah. Jacques Demy uh, put the camera on the train in a different angle. Train goes away. Beautiful. <laughs> she just does such amazing stuff with his camera. And it's also uh, and simple. It, the movie is so simple. Like yeah, I, saying, I said the entire plot. <laughs> and like you were saying, it doesn't have any like big dance numbers. Like it doesn't even have any songs. It's it's actually so it's a musical. It's really I mean more technically, it's like an operetta because every line of dialogue yeah. is sung. And every there line. Aren't, and there aren't actually like, funny. songs per se. <clears throat> it's more just like they're singing, and occasionally the the emotion builds to <clears throat> such a place that they're singing. You know, like singing the couple words a little more. But then it just kind of goes back to talking, you know, which is mm-hmm. yeah. very interesting. Very interesting. I say, like, the, probably the most big example of them singing is uh, when he's about to leave for war. They just look at each yeah. other and just say, "I love you so much." And That's it what just, I was saying. It, where she's it, going, it like, a, and it has, yeah, it has a purpose too. We're just being like really showing you, like, yeah, she's a seventeen-year-old girl, and like, yeah, right. I had those flashbacks to being a teenager, be like, yeah, I remember when my girlfriend or like, uh, uh, like that meant everything. Something just meant so much to me and I felt like such a fucking ass when I was away. Yeah. And they just hit it so hard and like hit you with you and it's with talent and the the singing and the filmmaking, it just washes over you. And they do do the jump around. Uh, the breaks it into threes. Uh, uh, the mm-hmm. first one is uh, 
I forget the actual name, but uh, oh, it's uh, oh, part the, one, the, the, departure. the departure, yeah, the absence, and then the return. Uh, the return. Yeah, uh, and the absence yeah. is so yeah, the, they're together. It's basically they're together, and then he leaves. The absence is just being with Jean Vive. Uh, yeah, the whole thing with uh, Roland Cassard, uh it's just yes, so weird. Like gem merchant Roland Cassard, you know? Yeah. Her mother is very keen for her to they marry meet. the, the yeah. sad diamond merchant Roland Cassard. Yeah. What a weird they, character, you know? So it's so they meet, uh, She's the mom is selling diamonds. And pearls, actually, she, Caleb. The daughter, yeah, pearls. The, and the daughter's there, doesn't say anything. Uh Blah, blah, blah. He's there, gets involved. He comes to the shop. When he comes to the shop, he sees her leave, doesn't actually talk to her. That's the second time that they're in the scene together. So they haven't said a single word to each other yet. And the third time they're at dinner and she leaves early because she's so heartbroken. And the guy just says, I'd like to marry her. It's very weird. Well, what's going it's on? So weird. It's, it's and she's very, still 17. It's like, okay, so Roland Cassard has basically, they were out of money. The umbrella shop is not making any money and they have all these debts. So Genevieve's mother has to sell these pearls. And she, but like the, the, Pearl, the jewelry shop owner is like not going to buy them. And so she's like diswrought. And then Roland Cassard comes to her rescue and agrees to buy them like kind of yeah. out of charity, basically. But the mm-hmm. thing is, then what's uh, going on is like Jean Viev's mother is the one that is in love with Roland yeah, she's Cassard. Super, super in him, yeah. She's in love with him. And so she's forcing Jean Viev to marry him, even though they have Dude's not rich, even yeah. spoken to each other. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah. She find, like when she finds out she's pregnant, uh, and she's like, oh, wait, he doesn't care that I'm pregnant. I guess that's okay now. <laughs> that works for me if he doesn't care. She just is so resigned and defeated. It's kind of cool. Also, did you know, I didn't know this until I read it because I didn't see uh, a, the previous Godard movie, Lola. Uh, it's Roland is the character from Lola. It's the, it was a. Oh, no, I just, didn't. I didn't. When he describes that, that a, a girl didn't love him back as he's describing the plot of Lola. And now he's back in this movie, which oh, is kind of cool. That he did that, well, yeah. I would like to see that. That's I've never. Yeah, I haven't I seen never... a ton of Godard. Oh, sorry. Uh, Godard is contemporary. Uh, to be movies, I've seen uh, uh, Slightly Pregnant Man on cable a couple years ago, which is a ridiculous. And then uh, I feel like I've seen The Young Girls of Rookford, which is the uh, third in his musical trilogy. Uh, are yeah, a lot of I other Jacques movies like not actually funny to modern American audiences? Like there's these kind of very time bound like French comedies. Oh yeah, I think his wife don't really yeah, a better director. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. If you want to see a French director, check out his wife, Agnes Varda. I mean, we, oh, well, we sure. she's the best. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, I guess we could talk more about, uh, cause we we're in part two, which we just went through over enough. So part three is the return, which is, I don't know. The, the John V is not even really anymore. It's all Guy. Uh, and he just really just goes through like forlorn, not shaven. Uh, yeah. Has a fight with his fun. boss and you know, yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it is that. very interesting. I think the third act is so well put together because it is, it's, it's, in a way, it's just a different part of the story we've kind of already been telling, right? But it's, it's so, um, things don't, the way that we reach a dramatic crescendo in the, you know, what I would say is the climax, which is the very, very end of mm-hmm. the movie where finally Jean Viev and uh, Guy are back together. But it's done in this way that's so beautiful and so true to life. And there's no, like, screaming and there's nobody, like, shoots anybody or the little kid doesn't get hit by a car. Do you know what I mean? That They just have this very adult emotional exchange with each other, but also very restrained. And then, you know, they just go back to their lives. It's so beautiful. It's so beautiful. Yeah, it's very beautiful. Uh, Yeah, that's when I say, uh, like we said, La La Land is very influenced by this movie. Yeah, the end of La La Land is she's at Seb's club, and they just look at each other, and that's it, and they just go on living. And I thought, like, oh, yeah, this is what he's referencing when he's making his movie. It's true. Oh, and there's just so many good shots in this. I mean, this is totally giving it away. So many good shots. But I I know that's, like, such a dumb thing to say, but there's just this really beautiful moment, and uh, cut this out if this is too long and boring. No, go ahead. But, like, basically... So we're seeing the whole thing of the actor at part is Guy is he's heartbroken that Jean Viev has left him for sad gem merchant Roland Cassard. And he falls in love with, or he, well, he, his first, his mother dies or his grandmother, his who, aunt, yeah. his aunt, his right? aunt. Yeah. So she dies. And then her nurse, Madeline, Madeline, it's like, she's been obviously in love with Guy the entire time, but Guy's in this whole thing for Jean Viev. Right. But so then Guy is like, oh, I need someone to take care of me. Because he's like, gets drunk one time and has sex with a hooker. And so then he's <laughs> like, my life is a mess, you know. 
And she's like, well, you know, aren't you so hung up on John Viev? And like, I don't really know about all this. And he's like, no, but I love you. I'll love you. I'll change my whole life for you. And then they decide to get married. And it's kind of like he's settling for her. But then we sort of flash forward a little bit. And he's he owns this service station now. And it's so beautiful and clean. And they appear to live inside of the service station <laughs> because they're in there like putting up a Christmas tree. And like yeah. their little son is there. He's adorable. <laughs> and they're hugging and smiling and kissing each other. And then like the kids and the wife go off on an errand. And some car pulls up, and he walks out to go take care of it. And, you know, it's a fancy car. And, of course, it's Genevieve with her, in a fur coat, with her hair looking insane. You know, she looks like Betty Draper, right? She looks like the world's richest, meanest woman. And all of a sudden, you see Guy, because we've been, for forever, we've been on Guy's journey, and he's doing so well at this point. And he owns this fucking gas station. I don't own a gas station. I would feel great if I owned a gas station. That's but all American of a sudden, style gas station, yeah. we're seeing him from the inside of... Jean Viev's car and it's like snow is whirling everywhere and he's just in his dumb little workman's jacket and he's you know there to like fill up her car and it's just such an, a complete turnaround and we know that he's feeling the same way in this moment yeah, like suddenly he well. feels like unmanned you know yeah it was so beautiful and it's so simple and it just happens in a second you know and it's I I was found myself it's, really really impressed by that it's very 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 affecting uh yeah, uh, she did leave her kid in the car. That scene that, that made me laugh when I was like, oh, that kid just hanging out in a blizzard, during, uh, in a car, during, in a blizzard outside. I mean, of all <laughs> the parenting in this movie, like, that wasn't the worst, probably. But yeah, you know? like, there's, there's stuff like that. And this, like, um, like I said, the plot's kind of, I, I kind of made fun of it when I, in my intro, but it's all paved over just through this because it's singing the end, singing the entire time. It's so good. Like, they ask him, what are you seeing tonight, Carmen? Like <laughs> yeah, stuff, right, even right. like the like the like the mundane stuff. Like, is I just, don't like the yeah. opera. I prefer yeah. sports. <laughs> you know, I want to buy a black umbrella. So like <laughs> yes, yes, that's actually like yeah, the, yeah, yeah. I kept singing it's, that part to myself because those yeah. are words I know in French. So I remembered <laughs> yeah. that part. You know, it's and it's great. I, I loved watching it, and uh, and obviously I'm picking it. We're gonna get to it later, but I loved it more because. Then in the heights, in the heights, just such you know, you feel the beats of what's coming, and you uh, just let. I, I just sat there and let it wash over. I enjoyed it, but with uh, Brother Schurberg, I'm like completely engaged. I'm like looking at the uh, at the characters and seeing how they feel this scene. And like I said, um, the art is in the way the music elevates the story, and like they're so intertwined here that it's just impossible not to like. Yeah separate the two and it's it's, it's it's how great that's maybe how a musical should work is that the musical is the story too and it's beautiful and amazing and yeah, the music makes is me feel things more uh, yeah and i mean that is what i think they're trying to do in in, in the heights but i just think they kind of get yeah, distracted a lot you it's, know, it's trying the... yeah it, it, you can see the try which is uh you know not and necessarily if, great filmmaking it's more and, like popcorn art yeah yeah right yeah and umbrellas like it's only an hour and 20 minutes you know what i mean and it just keeps mm -hmm. going and going and I, I agree with what you were saying the way like in the heights you can kind of feel all the beats coming but umbrellas of sherbrig is older obviously by a lot and um but it feels the same. It's like both more true to life and also less predictable. <laughs> like everything that happens, you're like, oh, I didn't see that coming. But then you're also like, well, yeah, I guess. I mean, what would you do? <laughs> you know, like you just kind of, I thought that was really, really interesting. Uh, I did have a moment be like, oh, like halfway through, like, oh, this, like there was like a big obvious edit. Uh, I think I forget what it was like this more towards uh, maybe it was one of the time jumps. I was like, oh, yeah, this movie, like a great edited film is like you don't notice the edit. Right. It just like flows and just you don't think things like, oh, man, and it's a musical and they're singing. So there should be like a ton of edits, especially because like uh, it's even overdubbed, too, with the singing voices. So which is crazy. Uh, yeah, it's just mind blowing, like how well done this film is. And even yeah. just uh, like reading about it. Uh, so in the filming of a brother, Sherberg, uh, Demi, he opted to sacrifice the like the print vibrancy uh because he used this like really like heavy color, so like the prints weren't lasting long. So the stock he used uh, was like super like I would love to see this in like the '60s. So that, that was, I'm using my time machine for that. But it, so it degraded quickly, uh, especially with like like less technology. So by the mid '70s, the only remaining copies of the film were like in very bad condition. Uh, he, he knew this was going to happen. 
uh, he knew this was going to happen from the outset. So he archived uh, a lot of uh, the monochromatic negatives. And uh, so when they, so he could combine them with each other. Uh, so he had this in his personal storage. Uh, so he was planning on recreating it, but he, when he passed away, Agnes Varda, second time I reference her, uh, she supervised the remaster and that's the one we watched. It's, uh, it's, it's also on Criterion. That's the Criterion edition. Uh, and it, it's, it's also on HBO Max. To, yeah. I think. HBO Max is where I watch it too, yeah. yeah. Uh, so, because I like pausing. Criterion, uh, you, it's hard to check the time signature sometimes because you have to pause to check the time signature on Criterion, but on most other streaming services, you just hit up. I like it that Criterion does that, but also sometimes I just want to see how much time is left without pausing. Yeah, I always... You know just, what I mean. I always you just pause I mean. it. I do that all the time. <laughs> I want to see how much time is left, of course. I kept doing yeah. that in the... I started doing that... I waited what I felt like was so long, so long to do that on in the Heights. And I knew it was two and a half hours. Okay. I hit, I finally hit, allowed myself to hit pause and I was at 40 minutes and I was like, fuck, <laughs> I've got a whole yeah, movie left. <laughs> like, uh, I'm really good at, cause I still watch DVDs of just like peeking at the DVD player. Like, Oh shit. Only like six minutes went by. Like, Oh shit. I'm only here. Like, okay. yeah, right. I do look at I, I, I recommend that for for all our listeners to look how long a movie is before you oh, uh, watch it. It 100%. just is it's good life planning. And just and it helps you consume the movie in the right way because if you expect mm-hmm. it to be short and it's long or long and it's short, you you're not taking it in in the right way. You know. Mm-hmm. Uh, and sometimes when I honestly when I see a ninety minute movie, this isn't true for every ninety minute movie. I usually pick like, like cool. Here's it's gonna. I could easily divide this into acts. If I set right, thirty minutes, yeah. like oh boom, this is gonna happen. Things are gonna be happening soon. Uh, yeah, it helps you like be informed as an audience member for story and what to expect, and then have your expectations be met or not met, and that's great. Yeah, what uh, the fuck are we talking about, dude? How, like, what, <laughs> honestly, what the fuck movie. are we talking about? <laughs> how to watch a movie with actually best choice We're out movies. of our fucking minds, Caleb. <laughs> <laughs> this is insane level shit. I think this is interesting. Yeah. I mean, me too, but I'm a fucking <laughs> lunatic, dude. Um, do you want to do the end of the show? Like, let's say you have to pick Yeah, I already said it, but let's do it again. <laughs> let's say you... Yeah, I know you already said it. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, let's say you had to pick one of these two movies. Okay, I can say more. Or Mm -hmm. you would be separated from your true love forever and you couldn't sing a song about it. Uh, We'll definitely pick Umbrellas of Cherbourg. You don't have to say anything else. You can just stop right there because you already said. Well, I I wouldn't say like even before we picked the movies, like I knew it was going to be Umbrellas of Cherbourg. And I I did, uh, we picked it after we watched, the movie after we watched uh, In the Heights. Uh, well, after I watched In the Heights, um, and I was like, I was like, yeah, uh, we were discussing. I was like, yeah, all these movies I know I'm gonna like better than In the Heights. <laughs> Nothing against In the Heights, but yeah, uh, it's being nice. It's against In the Heights, but uh, Umbrella Schubert, it's a uh, hard to touch it. Uh, I mean, all time classic. Right? I mean, yeah, if you want to go to a movie theater back and go back to the movies, you, I mean, go see In the Heights. It's a, probably a great to see with a bunch of people uh, in your community who, uh, yeah, it's. a Big loving fun and great for great great for the summer. Great for great summer fun for the whole family. Yeah, exactly. But if you don't like fun and are cool, go to HBO Max and watch, watch Brothers of Sherboard. Sherboard. A great sad musical where there's not even any real songs. <laughs> yeah, it's so <laughs> good. Um, but Catherine Deneuve is hot. It's so hot uh, mm-hmm. in this movie. Um, yeah, no, I mean it's funny. Obviously, the direct one to one for In the Heights is West Side Story, but I just felt that was so on the nose. Like I had no, I didn't yeah. really want to do and it, we, and I and was we sure it was going to later this year. Oh right, yeah, of course. <laughs> <laughs> we had to do it later this year with the Spielberg adaptations. <laughs> I forgot about that, dude. We didn't even talk about that. Yeah, it's huge. Musicals are huge right now, right? Musicals are huge. Yeah, but um, I was glad to do this movie. Glad for an excuse to watch it again. I will say it's. Yeah. I've I saw it a bunch when I was in college, and I haven't seen it for a long time. It was like weirder than I remembered it being, you know, in a good way. I mean, that is a compliment. Like it was just a little bit more twisty and like sort of slow. I mean, it basically just is a a very simple melodrama movie, but where everything is sung and it's set in this insane fantasy land of like little mm-hmm. perfect little French shops, you know? 
and like the like the the um garage where Guy works at the beginning of the movie is like basically right from a Diet Coke commercial or something. It's just like mm-hmm. amazing cars up on jacks and everybody's wearing overalls and has like one grease smudge on their head, you know? And they're like <laughs> hey, going out going into the locker room to talk about their plans for the weekend. It's just very it's weird they had that many mechanics working there to be yeah, honest. That's France for you, Caleb. The labor market is very crazy. It's impossible. He to did ride his someone. bike there too, and I thought that was kind of cool. Like, oh it's cool that he's mechanic but still just rides his bike. <laughs> I thought that was cool also. I like that too. Yeah. And his bike, of course, it's hanging in a row of bikes and they're oh, all yeah, like cool. color. They're different primary colors and it's great. I mean, this movie Details, has been man. so influential on that style of thing. I mean, what I'm describing here is like, it's been it's so many kinds of, you know, TV episodes and TV shows and commercials. and But this is kind of, this isn't the, the thing that everything is inspired by, but it's pretty close. <laughs> it's pretty close. So yeah, definitely yeah. for me too. Also, Umbrellas of Sherberg over um, in the Heights, which we got all the way to the end of the show. And if you're still listening, I feel like we're good enough friends that I can tell you it was just a f- fucking torture to watch. I really didn't enjoy watching Jeez. it at all. I really, really <laughs> hated it. I kept audibly going like, "Oh my god!" Uh. And not that there's anything like wrong with it necessarily. It was just like so pitched at exactly the same emotional level from the, the first second until the last second. You know. And it was, it's yeah. just it's hard to sustain that, I think. Piraguas, Piraguas. Carnival <laughs> del Barrio. Mm-hmm. I will say, I, I do like Anthony Ramos a lot. I'm glad he could be a lead person who didn't affect me emotionally, which, you know, a lot of, I mean, Tom Hanks has those movies under his belt too. Yeah, just comparing Anthony Ramos nonchalantly to Tom Hanks. Yeah, I know, right? That's pretty pretty <laughs> slick of you. Yeah, I don't know. It did just the movie was like a, a long commercial to me. It was like I kept waiting for the voiceover to come on and tell me the specials at Chili's or something, uh, or to tell me to like <laughs> vote for a special proposition or something. You know, I don't hey, know. it did tell you to uh, you know uh, vote for allow dreamers access to college. It, did. it was good. That is one of the new things that was added to the movie. Um, yeah. But yeah, anyway, that's the fucking show, everybody. <laughs> that's the show for this week. Uh, so great Chris to talk to you, Caleb. dropping two F-bombs towards the end of the show. Great hearing from us to you. Only the last three minutes. <laughs> Fuck y'all. Bye-bye. The Umbrellas of Sherberg. 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 Sherbert. Ombra Shabbat. Okay.